Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. If I can quote The Rock for a moment, finally, the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast has returned to your ears. How about that? <laughs> we took um, a, a long vacation uh, with, with Christmas and New Year's, and then uh, my girlfriend and I both getting sick with COVID. So it's it's been a long break, but we're glad to be back. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I haven't haven't gotten the Rona, so good for that. Uh, freezing cold, but you know, otherwise, I'm doing quite okay. Yeah, yeah. We uh, do you have a good Christmas, a good New Year? I did. Um, Christmas, both both of them. I really didn't do a whole lot except just kind of hang out and enjoy the time off, watch some television, play some video games. You know, just just enjoying the 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 season as a chance to just not do anything how about you you know it was really good i had the chance to uh drive out and drive out to texas and texas and visit my girlfriend's family and while we were out there we actually got snow so it's been several years since i've seen actual snow so that was kind of nice but heck yeah man (laughs) so we are obviously not together. If you if you can hear the difference between the sound quality of uh, Jason and myself, because I did test positive for uh, the coronavirus, we have decided this week that we're going to stay separate just to uh, ensure that I don't get Jason sick with this yeah. nasty, nasty pandemic virus. How about that? Look at look at responsibility, right? <laughs> you know that no one else seems to have. Why would others have responsibility? You know, they, they only, nobody takes responsibility for themselves anymore. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Who does that? All right. So, but since we are apart, we are not drinking the same whiskeys this week. I am drinking some of the Glenlivet 14 that we drank a long time ago. Now it's the Glenlivet 14 single malt scotch whiskey, the cognac cask selection. And Jason, what are you drinking this week? I've just got a little bit of Tullamore Dew here. Uh, it, it Jay's, so, you know, thanks, Jay. Still in Jay's whiskey. Thank you, Jay. We're going to actually have to uh, feature that on the, the episode one week. Yep. All right. We've missed a lot over the last several weeks, and because of that, Jason, do you want to go through the results for this week, or do we want to just skip that and and get back to that next week? But let's talk about everything that has happened over the last couple really, of weeks. I really think with the fact we've missed uh, what now three, almost four weeks of solid wrestling, <laughs> that uh, we should probably just kind of skip the results and head into some of the high points that have happened over the the holiday break and and the COVID break. Yeah, um, you know, just kind of jump into some things. Uh, and and I'd like to kick it off honestly with something that happened on Christmas Day. You know the the day before we would have recorded our Christmas episode, mm-hmm. uh, which we didn't. Uh, well, and we told you we, that beforehand. So exactly, exactly. 
Um, we got a new TNT champion. Cody beat Sammy. And then we've also got another new TNT champion. It's an interim champion. It's Sammy. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I think Cody got ill or had an injury or something. He wasn't able to make a show. And it was their tournament of champions or whatever they called it. So yeah, the battle clash of the belts or battle of the belts. Yeah, something like that. So what Which happened is, is they they you know just pivoted and named Sammy Guevara the interim champion again. Which like okay, so maybe I'm looking at this way too off, way too wrong here. Um, you know when you look at MMA, when you look at boxing, things of that nature, and you look at interim champions, it's because the champion either got hurt, couldn't cut, couldn't make weight, you know, had something wrong that they couldn't participate in that fight. So, but these MMA and boxing things, you know, they're only happening, they're happening like every four months, every six months. So they create these interim champions for that. And then as soon as the champion's better, the interim champion and the champion tend to have a fight to see who is the actual champion at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, they have the fight. They determine who is the actual hold, belt holder for that, and they go forward. So hopefully we'll see that with Sammy and Cody here soon, and hopefully Sammy wins, because I, right. I, I'm i sure you feel the same way I do. I don't care to see Cody with a belt. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing. Like, okay, Cody beat Sammy for the title. Okay. If that was going to be the kickoff for a Cody heel run, even if it's a slow turn to the heel run, fine. You know, I mean, we've already been glacial with this with this turn, but okay, you know, we're we're, we're trying to get more people against Cody because uh, he beat Sammy, which everybody seems to like. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure, fine, whatever. Then immediately, Cody can't defend the belt at battle of the belts. All right. So we're going to have an interim title match between Cody and Dustin or I mean between uh, Sammy and Dustin. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You know, here I'm thinking, okay, maybe Cody got hurt. Uh, you know, maybe something's going on personal life, something, something's going on. Cody had to, had to step away again. You know, maybe they're filming another season of go big show or something, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have, Sammy has the interim title. He's going to have that belt for another probably six months or so, I'm thinking. And then Cody's going to make his return, and we're going to have Cody versus Sammy again. All right, fine. Except Cody or Sammy beats Dustin, gets the belt. Cool. Then the next week, he defended it against somebody, and I don't remember who it was. Um, Who was it? Because he's defended it twice now. He defended it this week against the guy that's hanging out with 2.0. Yeah, Dante Martin. Or not Dante Martin, Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Um, And he wins. But on Dynamite Wednesday, Cody's coming back. So what was the point? Why not just cancel that match that was going to be Cody versus Sammy? Hey, Cody's sick. He can't make it. Um, We're just not going to deal with that. Or turn it into a number one contendership match. 
make it a number one contendership match between the former champion Sammy versus Dustin uh, and not even have this interim title. Or if you really are wanting to kind of spearhead some things, have Cody stripped of the belt. You couldn't make it. Tough shit. You're, uh, you're being stripped of the belt. And uh, yeah, now you got to fight for it again. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I'm just not, I'm not sold on that whole idea. I don't think that there is an idea. I think that they pivoted because Cody couldn't be there. And we've said it before on this show. AEW really needs to bring in somebody to help book the shows. I know Tony Khan has a very high opinion of himself and he, he takes responsibility for both the good and the bad. You know, he does a good job of doing that, but they need to bring in somebody like a Dutch Mantel or somebody who can book the show and who can tell these wrestlers that, Hey, you've got to do this. This is the way we're going. Exactly. And, you know, I understand Cody that you are an executive vice president of the company, but that cannot come to the ring except for a storyline that cannot be what you do that you need to be here do this. This is how we need to build up this crew. Cause you know, Dante Martin needs a win. Yeah. You know, you know, and, and you mentioned Dutch Mantel, um, or, or someone like that. Something we're going to talk about in a few minutes. There are options out there now. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's lots of options out there now. So, um, but yeah, it just, I really just don't know what they're doing here. Like you have all of these opportunities to turn Cody heel. Cody says he will never turn heel. The crowd isn't buying it. The crowd is looking at this and going, Cody's a freaking heel. Mm -hmm. These are options where if Cody doesn't want to be a heel. That's fine. Do something with him to make the crowd like him as a face. Then. Yeah. This is some this is some Roman Reigns bullcrap when WWE was forcing him to be a face. Only it seems like it's the opposite side. Yeah. The crowd hated Roman. He didn't want him anywhere near. Roman was acting like this this white meat baby face that the crowd was violently reacting to. Cody's playing a very good heel right now. The crowd would be fully behind him as a heel. Yeah. They're not going to be behind him as a face until he does a face-like thing. Like, you could have had Cody say, hey, you know, as the face of the TNT championship, I can't compete, so I'm willingly going to vacate the title. That's anything. a face move. Yeah, anything. You know? But this will he, won't he, is Cody going to turn heel? He's the biggest heel, second biggest heel, because I'm going to give Roman the biggest heel. Right. Cody is the second biggest heel in professional wrestling today. He just refuses to acknowledge that he's a heel. Right. So I don't know. I'm tired of it. And Me too. I just, you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of wrestling while we were on break. I actually got back to watching wrestling this week. I kept up with all of the backstage stuff that was going on and the title changes and all that kind of thing. But man, it just, 
it was nice to step away and not see the same old stuff week after week after week after week. Right. So. Um, I kind of did the same thing. I watched Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Rampage. But as far as like Raw and SmackDown, they, they were, well, let me rephrase that. I didn't watch Raw at all Yeah. during this time period. And as far as SmackDown's concerned, SmackDown was on making noise uh, while I was doing other things until Rampage came on. And when Rampage came on, then I actually watched Rampage. There you go. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was one of our first little things. Um, and speaking, speaking of Sammy, since we were just talking about him, um, good Lord, is he catching some internet backlash right now? Oh, is this uh, the, uh, the fiance situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He... So, <laughs> yeah, so, so Sammy. Sammy proposed to his fiance back in October, I believe it was. Yeah, it was was September of September or October, September somewhere in that time frame. Something like that. On Dynamite, mm-hmm. you know, he proposed national television. Sam, you've been with me this whole time. You stuck by me while I followed my dream. You've supported me the whole way. Blah blah blah. Will you marry me? Yes, absolutely. Hugs. Crowd goes wild, erupts, you know, feel-good story of the year. There you go. Well, then we start seeing Sammy's vlog, and Ty Conti starts showing up on it, right? Mm-hmm. Love cited as she's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, You can definitely tear it, tell there's a little bit of that, that sexual tension between the two. Chemistry, Jason. Chemistry. Chemistry is a good term. <laughs> right. Now, I, I like my term better, considering what happened. <laughs> Um, Sammy puts out a, a thing on Instagram and on Twitter saying that, you know, him and Pam have called off the engagement. They broke it up. Uh, he wishes nothing but the best for, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, please respect our privacy in this time. You know, your general, Hey, we broke up. Yeah. And you know what, man? Cool. Yeah. Y- and you're go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you're a public figure, you're out there in the open, but we we as fans, and this isn't just wrestling, this is anywhere, mm-hmm. we as fans forget the fact sometimes that wrestlers, musicians, actors, etc., are people. Yeah. They deserve their private time or their private lives, whether that's a relationship or a relationship ending, uh, a loss of a loved one, the, like Brody Lee, um, any of that stuff. These people deserve their privacy just as much as you and I do. Arguments can be made, I guess, about the fact that they made a huge public announcement for the engagement. Either way, he still deserves his privacy for this. Yeah. You know? I mean, and at that point, at that point, fans are sending tweets and Instagram messages and all that stuff to him saying, you know, hey man, hate it for you. So sorry. You know, hopefully things will get better. Yada, yada, yada. And at the same time, Tay Conti was getting just tons of hate and being accused yeah. of breaking them up and, you know, being a home wrecker. And, yeah. and she didn't deserve any of that. She didn't. To the point where she deleted her Twitter, she deleted everything for yeah. a while. Yeah, she took a break for a while. Wow. And, and good honor for doing that because 
Yeah. That's not okay. It is not okay for it's us not. as fans to do that kind of hate. It doesn't matter. Even if she had been responsible and I'm not saying that she was, I don't believe that she was, mm-hmm. even if she had been responsible for them breaking them up, it's not our problem to deal with. And it's not our, but, they deserve their privacy. That is between her and Sammy and Sammy's ex. If there was anything there. And I don't believe there was. And the thing is at that point, um, nothing had been announced that they were together. There was mm-hmm. no, no official, Hey, Sammy entire thing. Um, she just, she was showing up on the vlog. They were doing stuff together. You know, so the internet yeah. wrestling community immediately jumped on, Hey, she broke them up. And, yeah, and I mean, you know, it's one of those, and it's one of those, you look at it. Sammy got all the, or a lot of the, I'm sorry. So things get better. I got a lot of the, how dare you, you bitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the only indication that we had anything was the chemistry or tension between them on the vlog. Like you could just catch a glimpse here or there of Tay looking up at Sammy or Sammy looking over at Tay and, and seeing, you know, just that, Hey, there's an attraction there, but that was all that we had. Exactly. Um, you could look at it as, you know, they, they were good friends. They were doing whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Sammy put out a, Sammy put out a statement, uh, Sammy's vlog, Fuego actually said us something about it, you know, talking about this is their private stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. There's nothing going on between Sammy and Ty. You know, it's just drop it. It's over. And then on January 1st, Sammy and Ty post pictures of them kissing and, you know, being all over each other and all of this kind of stuff. And it just exploded all over again. Yeah, it Uh, it was. Once again, I want to reiterate that that's between them. We yep. as fans have no right to judge them or comment on their well, relationships. I, I would step back on one thing. We can definitely judge them. We have no right to comment on them. Fair enough. I, I'll you give know, you that. You know, I can I can look at a, a relationship and say, I really don't like how that's going. But it's not my business. It's not my place to step forward and try to end the relationship or try to, or you know, be this this loud mouth on the internet or in real life or anything. Yeah. You know I mean? For example, like if I didn't like that you and Caitlin were together, that's not my business. It isn't, you know? Yeah. Um, so I get that. Point. I think where the, the community as a whole is really struggling on this one is the fact that they feel lied to. Mm-hmm. And again, I will reiterate once more. None of us are entitled to that inside look, that behind the curtain peek. No. We're not. We, we simply aren't, you know. But I think a lot of people are looking at this as going, you know, hey, you put on this grand show two months ago, three months ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden now this is going on. Like uh, they're in Brazil right now with her family, all this kind of stuff. So. Mm. It, it it leaves, from one point of view, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth about it. Yeah. You know, not to the point where I'm like, cancel Sammy Guevara, blah, 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 blah. No, it's not, it's not like that. 
it does kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth about just the, I don't even want to say this word, but it's the best I can think of the shamelessness of it. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I get what you're saying. That's not the right word, but it's the, it's not the right word, but it's close ish. Yeah. Uh, to it. I mean, I what? hope they're happy. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I hope their relationship falls apart. They need to suffer, blah, 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 blah. I hope they're happy. I hope they have a great relationship and it continues to do its thing because that's just, you know, people deserve to be happy. Absolutely. Um, it just kind of feels odd. Well, what it boils down to is I think Sammy being the young man that he is and, and being the one responsible for posting about his breakup and then he and, and Ty, you know, getting together on, on New Year's handled the Twitter portion of it, the social media aspect poorly. Yeah. And you could say that another AEW personality handled something with Twitter equally or even more poorly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I would uh, say that Tony Khan (laughs) made a huge blunder. You like that transition, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, really like it. Great, great segue, sir. So, <laughs> Big Swole yep. posted on Twitter that she felt like there was not enough representation of people that look like her in AEW, and especially in AEW management. Tony. Poor, poor, sweet Tony. <laughs> right. Decides to respond. Here's, here's, you know, some, some Twitter etiquette 101, especially if you're a corporate personality. You can't win this. You don't respond to it. Right. <laughs> so what Tony says is, X percent or X number of people in AEW's management are people of color. That he is, and, you know, so many of his other people are. And Twitter just blew up. Well, you know, what What you have there is when, when Swole left AEW, you know, the statement that she put out was, I'm stepping away for a while for my, for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I enjoyed my time at AEW. You know, your your standard statement that seems yeah. to be coming from AEW. Um, then she changed her her mind. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, she went back on the you know I have no ill will. I'm leaving for health reasons. You know, this has nothing to do with anything, etc. Then she went to the whole. There's no representation. Yeah. Well, Tony's comment was correct but you can't make that comment as the person you are yeah and then the other half of his comment was that he let big swole's contract expire because she wasn't good enough that's the part of the comment you can't make which you can make you can make the the argument in defense of your company about having representation i mean mm, let's be fair here AEW has a lot of representation. Not only are Tony and I forget the guy's name, but like his right hand man, 
they're both you know Middle Eastern. Yeah. But you have Nyla Rose, who is Native American and African American and transgender, mm-hmm. who has been a champion. Yeah. You have Jade Cargill, a a black woman who is a champion. Um, and very prominently had, featured. Yes. You've had Sheeta, who is Japanese, be a champion, mm-hmm. and Riho, for that matter. Yeah. Um, you've had the Lucha Bros, who are Mexican. They were champions. Yeah. Um, you have uh, you know, Will Hobbs, who has been very prominently featured on yeah, I mean, most of AEW shows. He was he was part of the title picture there surrounding John Moxley. Mm-hmm. He was in the upper card for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, there is plenty of representation here uh, that's going on. So her comment about representation, I think, is way off the mark. Absolutely. But that said, you know, and and, and while I kind of agree with Tony a little bit, Big Swole is not a great wrestler. Now. When AEW first kicked off, yeah, she was a she's a she's a good indie talent, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they were trying to build their roster and they were trying to get people in, yeah, she she was a very useful, very good wrestler to have there. But as the women's roster has grown, as Britt Baker has gotten leaps and bounds better, as they have signed people like Chris Statlander, um, you know, Jamie Hayter. Whether Jade is still very green in the ring, her charisma and her look can't be denied. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that. Nyla's gotten better. Serena Deeb has come on, and she's been a, a great wrestler for a long time. Yeah, you know, former WWE talent. Yeah. You know. They, you've got Ty, who was always really good. Mm-hmm. Anna's gotten better. Penelope's gotten a lot better. Uh, Allie was always decent. Yeah. So you've just got all of these women talents that have come in that have pushed Swole further and further and further down the list. Yeah. And it just came across Swole's tweet to me came across as bitter. It really did. And then Tony, Tony messed up by making the comments that he made. You know, he, he yeah. should have said something to the effect of, well, I I hear Big Swole's comments and I respectfully disagree and I wish her the best. And that that would have been the end of it. But he made that, the comments he made. All he should have said. Yeah. He made the comment he made about her not being good enough. That fired off uh, Cedric Alexander, which is Big Swole's husband. Yes. That fired off the um, recently unretired Leo Rush who yep. I expect to announce his 87th retirement any day now. Right. <laughs> well, not to say that there's anything of it, but since he's made that comment, he hasn't been on TV. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's one of those things he did, you know, Leo did basically say that he had a conversation with Tony. Yeah. And, and, and Leo, Leo stepped back and kind of gave a bit of a mea culpa for his, his response. Um. Then, like you said, him and Tony talked about it. Yeah. You know, that. Um. You know he he wasn't mad from the lack of representation part. He was mad about the response part. Is basically how it worked out. Yeah. Which I think that's fair. I think I think somebody can be mad about the 
the childish way, as Brady said, and I agree with him, um, the childish way that Tony handled it. Now, oh, absolutely. As a, as just a fan looking in on this, I really liked Tony's response. You know, mm-hmm. just in that, ooh, yeah. If that was a scripted thing, like if that was. If this was all part of a work and Swole hadn't really been released, you know, and all that kind of stuff, bravo, that was a great response. Yeah. But considering we're in the real life of it. Eh. And the, the thing is, is Tony knows better. Exactly. Tony, Tony's father is a billionaire. Tony is a millionaire in his own right. And the he, thing is, Tony has made comments like this on Twitter before. Uh, that have caught him a dude, what the heck? You know, and he's had to go back on him and say, oops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, Tony is who he is, and he is a very intelligent person, but he's also a human and he makes mistakes. Exactly. But when you're running a company and you are a face of that company, you've got to watch what you're saying. And you know, that the PR department of Jacksonville Jaguars and everybody was like, dude, what are you doing? Yep. So what's next? What do you exactly. want to talk about beyond that? Cause that's kind of settled out now. Uh, and it's kind of in the um, past, but it, it did happen. We wanted to address that. What, what you got? So let's talk about something we talked about a couple of minutes. We alluded to a minute or so ago uh, about, you know, you talking about you wish you could get somebody like a Dutch Mantel mm-hmm. or somebody in to, uh, you know, kind of book, kind of run AEW as opposed to Tony, you know, somebody who's been in the business a lot longer, somebody that could take the ideas that Tony has and kind of make them make sense in a wrestling world. Yeah. Now I will say that I will support any candidate who is not named Jim Cornette or Vince mm-hmm. Russo. Yes. Um, neither of them have a place in the modern wrestling industry as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, Russo Cornette more so than Russo because Cornette is so far out of touch and it's just not even funny. Not to mention the fact that Cornette wouldn't take a job at AEW uh, to save his mom's <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, so, how about some of these names? Uh, how, how would you feel about a William Regal? I, or that sounds like it'd be a, a great idea. Or like a road dog Jesse James. Those are, are all great ideas, but aren't they signed to you WWE? Know, you know, maybe even a Samoa Joe. Once again, um, another good name, but isn't he signed to WWE? No. What? Uh, during during our hiatus, we have had another round of AEW of uh, WWE layoffs, mm-hmm. and most of these um, are are what we would call office personalities: um, Regal, Road Dog, and even Joe at yeah. this point, because Joe hasn't been on TV since NXT 2.0 launched. Right. So, you know, more NXT guys, more Triple H guys that have been let go of the company. Um, yeah, I mean, WWE is really, they're really doing their best to try to get 
all of the old fans that really like their product, I think, to walk away. Um, yeah. I don't uh, know why, <laughs> but it, it definitely feels like it. They are completely out of touch with who actually is a fan of their show. Yeah. They are they, aiming... They really are. And so I'm gonna going to pivot this a little bit to talk about something else that happened uh, just this week, actually. And that was WWE issuing a statement about one of AEW's matches. Yeah, I, think, I just wrote I think that, that down because I was going to say, we need to talk about that. Yeah, I, I think that this kind of ties into what we're talking about right now with them being a little out of touch and not understanding what is happening with AEW. So WWE basically issued a statement and they said, uh, and I'm going to read this. So if you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 31st event on TNT, it quickly becomes clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the Attitude Era and, and in 2022 world, we don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. Notice who they put first. Network yeah. partners, sponsors, and venues. Right. Um, not the fans. No. Not the fans at all. It, it, WWE is not about the fans. WWE is 100% about how much money can WWE make. Absolutely. That's all they're for. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and that kind of stuff, that that comment really kind of set me off a little bit for the simple fact that it wasn't but a year or so ago. What was it, two years ago now, three years ago now? The, the image of Becky Lynch with a busted nose, blood everywhere, that was like the WWE, that was the headshot of WWE. You yeah, know, that, that was, was the... Every time you turned on Raw or SmackDown or anything, that image was shown a hundred times. Yeah, and that was, I don't know, three to four years ago now. And But WWE didn't plan that. that no, was, it wasn't planned. That was a result of an unsafe worker in Nia Jax yep. breaking Becky's nose and Becky having the instincts that she does to continue with her promo while she had a concussion. And, you know, not a promo, but the attack and then walking out of the crowd with the blood and standing there and raising her arms. Yep. That was Becky's instincts. And WWE says, oh, we're going to capitalize on this because it's grabbing people's attention. You know, you go back yep. two years, even short period of time and something that was planned when Shayna Baszler debuted on the main roster. She bit a chunk out of somebody's neck and I don't remember whose neck it was at this point but she bit a chunk out of somebody's neck with blood coming. Like, yeah. come on. Blood poured. Wasn't it, it was Becky. Was it Becky? I think it was Becky. I I don't remember. I, no, I think Becky, well, maybe it was. I, doesn't matter. But there was blood pouring. There was, yeah. you say that you're beyond this in a 2022 world, Well, but you're look not. At, <laughs> look at last year. Was it no? It was 2020. I'm sorry. Um, the the match between uh, Edge and Seth. Yeah. 
and at the amount of blood that came out of that. Or the match between the matches and, and story between Seth and Ray, where Seth, quote unquote, yeah, tore out one yeah, of Ray's eyeballs. His eye. Right. You know, like, so, so what you're what what it boils down to, I think, really is we don't want to show our women doing matches that may upstage the show. I think that that, that plays a part of it. But I also think that they're trying to portray themselves as this higher class that AEW is this low class uh, Jerry Springer style show where WWE mm-hmm. is, hey, we're sports entertainment. OK, we're going to see amazing athletes, athletes do amazing things. When in reality. They're the same product. Like AEW is just like, doing it better right now. Yeah, like I'll knock I'll knock AEW all day long about the way they treat their women. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, they they absolutely they, they need to have multiple women's matches on Dynamite. The they, they need to go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say they don't treat their women badly. They just they're a. It feels sometimes like they're an afterthought, but when they think of them, it's like, oh crap, we got to make it be awesome. Yeah. So they they make it awesome, you know. Like think of the think of the Burt Baker Thunder Rosa match. Mm-hmm. You know that was a that was a, a a no DQ death match type thing. Yep. You know that was an amazing match, but they've also had very amazing matches that weren't like that. So it's not like they can only get the women over with these blood with these bloodbath matches, right? Yeah. They, I would like to see more women's matches, personally. I think Dynamite should have at least two, and Rampage should continue to have one, because Rampage is just a very short, it's only an hour. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, but I think they need to add another match on Dynamite. Yeah, they, um, they need to add another match on Dynamite. They need to give them multiple segments for their women's matches, which they do a decent job of giving their yeah. women's matches. They AEW, there's a lot to take away, or, or a lot to... to you know, that AEW can do better. I would yep. argue that AEW right now is doing better with their women's division than WWE is. They are because even though, even though there aren't as many women's matches on AEW television as there are on WWE, the other part there is you have to think AEW has three hours of broadcasting a week and WWE has five. Um, You know, WWE's women's matches all and storylines all tend to be the exact same thing. Yeah. And it's boring. Very. And they don't let them and they don't let them act like wrestlers. They're they're I'm, more interested in having them act like the diva era uh people that can wrestle better. Yeah. I guess. Because these are the same storylines that were running, you know, in the nineties. In the early 2000s, same exact storyline uh, that were going on then. It's just that they're culminating in a you know a cage match now because oh they're wrestlers so we can show that off as opposed to culminating in an evening gown match. Yeah, you know it, it's just I love the women's wrestlers in WWE. Bailey, mm-hmm. Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, 
Natty, all of these women are amazing and super talented women. Yep. I wish that they would be able to show off just how talented they are. Cause right now they're exactly. not right now. They're not exactly. And you know, to circle back, it's because WWE cares more about what their sponsors think than mm. about what their fans think. And the problem is, is they have the name recognition and they're coasting on their name recognition right now. Exactly. Um, now, someone I want to go back to AEW real quick for. Because yeah. I don't want it to feel like we're just praising AEW all over the place. No, no, no. The AEW um, has a lot that they can do better. Dear God, can we get MJF something else to do? Um. You mean you don't like seeing the same exact storyline over and 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 over again? Exactly. So he's entered this feud with CM Punk. And it's the same as the feud that he had with Cody. And it's the same as the feud he had with Jericho. You want to fight me? You got to fight my lackeys first. And that's exactly what it is. Like, I have a feeling. And if they do this, I'm going to shit all over AEW for it. We're building CM Punk to fight Jericho, or to fight MJF. He had to fight Wardlow, and he beat him. He's got to fight Spears this week. If MJF gives Punk his first loss, I'm going to start changing the channel when MJF comes on TV. Oh, absolutely. Um so that when they look at their their quarter hour ratings and they go, huh, what happened at this spike at 8.15? And they go back and look at the tape. Oh, MJF was talking. You know, I want them to see this character. When MJF first came out, he was a great heel. I love the heel work that he was doing. He has not evolved at all in three years. And yeah, he hasn't evolved at all. And the other problem there is that he hasn't changed his storylines at all. With the exception of his feud with Darby, where he basically was calling Darby out, chasing Darby. Mm -hmm. He hasn't changed anything. Exactly. It's awful. And it just doesn't work for me. It's not. I, I love CM Punk. I always have grew up in that era, the pipe bomb, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So CM Punk holds a special place to me as a wrestling fan because, you know, that that pipe bomb promo that he cut, I would argue for most of the people around our age, that's the first major time you got this weird fourth wall breaking behind the curtain. Whoa, there's more going on in wrestling than just what happens in the ring. Yeah. Well, he was one of, he was one of three people who got himself over when he wasn't supposed to. And that's CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Zack Ryder. Yep. Now, WWE was able to put the lid on back on Zack Ryder. Yep. They weren't able to do that with CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Exactly. And that was something special to see. 
it was. It really was. Um, you know, so CM Punk walks away from wrestling when he did. He left everybody kind of wanting more. He comes back to AEW with this huge fanfare, this giant pop uh, in Chicago. Arguments can be made whether they've kind of wasted him a little bit. Uh, personally, I think he's done the role that he needed to do. You know, he's talked up the the young talent. He's talked up Darby. He's talked up Britt. I mean, you know, he's he's being that guy. He's even talked up MJF. You know, he's elevated MJF. Yeah, I mean his his role, and and he knows what his role is because he's not a young man anymore. He's in his forties. He took seven years off from wrestling, and went and made a fool of himself in MMA. But he knows what his role is and his role is to elevate these younger talents and get these guys in AEW that need to get over to make AEW a long-term success. Guys like MJF guys like jungle boy guys like hangman to get them over. That's CM Punk's job to lend them credibility. And he's doing that. Exactly. And that's that's what he needs to do. That's his job. I really hope he doesn't lose to MJF. Me I know too. Punk's got to lose at some point. He's got to put somebody over. What I'm hoping comes from this is I'm hoping that they, if they're going to build it this way, I'm hoping they build it as Punk fights through the people he has to fight to. He gets the match with MJF. During the match with MJF, uh, MJF wants uh, Wardlow to get involved. Wardlow just says, nah, I'm good. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, CM Punk had a match with Wardlow this week. Yep. And CM Punk got destroyed by Wardlow. he did. And in fact, Wardlow only lost because of antics from MJF and uh, Sean Spears. Yeah. Uh, MJF and Spears wanting Wardlow to powerbomb him again and 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 again until the point where uh, Punk was able to win off of a schoolboy. Yeah. Or not a schoolboy, a small package. Yeah, just a quick Um, roll up, one, two, three. There you go. Yep. And one, it made Wardlow look like a star. That's the best he's looked, in my opinion, since he debuted. But two, it's pushing closer and closer to Wardlow leaving MJF, and that needs to happen. AEW has this thing, and I like the long burn on some things. But Wardlow's long burn on his turn against MJF needs to come to fruition. Yeah, that trigger's ready to be pulled. And it's the same way we talked about it earlier with Cody and his heel turn. It need they need to pull that trigger too, pull them both at the same time. I I don't they they just need to be need to be done. Right, you know, and and I I really think that could be a great way to do it. You know, you could have you could have MJF to the point where it looks like he is going to beat CM Punk, but he wants Wardlow to power bombing or something like that. Wardlow says no. MJF and Wardlow get into it a bit. Rest backs turn. Wardlow decks MJF. 
he stumbles back into a GTS one, two, three punk win. Yeah. Punk goes on to do some, to, to put somebody else over, but you have MJF do well enough with the match that, damn, he was six to win. Yeah. And then you can, then you have that split between MJF and Wardlow. They can do their thing. And you move Punk on to somebody else because honestly, I don't think MJF deserves the win over Punk no. on his record. Not uh, right now. Not right now. He does because of the lack of character development. Like we can say, you know, we I'll say it this way: Daniel Bryan's for or Brian Danielson's first loss was to Hang uh, Hangman. Mm-hmm. You know, they had their first sixty-minute Iron Man match, which was good. I just wish it wouldn't have gone to the time limit draw. And we talked about that on our last show that we did. Well, they had another match yeah. for the title where Hangman won clean. That's how the first match should have ended. We didn't need the second one. I get they wanted to draw it out one more, whatever. But Hangman won clean. Hangman gave Daniel Bryan his first actual loss, not a time limit draw, basically a tie. That L is on Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, because of Hangman. Yeah. That's great. That solidifies Hangman as a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's the first champ that they've had that's not super well known. I mean, you had Jericho, who Jericho, you know, you yeah. had Moxley, who's Moxley, and then you had Kenny Omega, who arguments could be made that he's not super well known in America, but for anybody watching AEW, he is super well known. Yeah, anybody who's tuning into AEW is going yeah. to know who the cleaner Kenny Omega is. Exactly. So, Hangman's their first kind of not established star to be that champion. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm and, here and, for it. Hangman's their first kind of homegrown, you know, yes, Hangman does have a history in new Japan, and ROH mm-hmm. and all of that. But Hangman is kind of the first AEW guy to be champion. Yep. Exactly. And and he's got a win over Kenny Omega. Yeah. And he's got a win over Brian Danielson. That's pretty good credentials, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, so, you mentioned John Moxley's name a moment ago. And... Mm-hmm. I am happy to be able to say that John Moxley has, uh, I guess, finished or will be finishing his rehab here soon. Yeah. They have announced that he will have a match on Sunday, January 23rd for GCW, where he will be defending yeah. his GCW, GCW world title against Homicide. Yeah. So good to see that, that Moxley has... Uh, it feels better and feels like he's able to come back. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, that's the, that's the kind of, you know, heartwarming, good stories you want to hear. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did I have written down here? Oh, the last, uh, I do have two other things written down on my list of, of things to cover. One of them is a very quick topic. And the other one is just a, what the hell topic. Okay. Um, the very quick topic is AEW has new tag team champions in, uh, the jungle express. There you go. Right. Jungle Express, isn't that what they're called? Yeah. Um, yeah. They And they uh, deserve Luchasaurus it. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. 
They, and they deserve they it. They deserve it. Uh, they beat they beat the Lucha Bros. Uh, Ray Phoenix is made of rubber, <laughs> apparently, uh, because God. what looked like a nasty, nasty, nasty injury where his arm bent backwards halfway up his forearm. Um, he didn't break anything there. Yeah. So the only thing I can think of is that Ray Phoenix is made out of rubber. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the man constantly defies death and yep. uh, dude, slow down, <laughs> but you know, he's still out with an, it's still injured. You know, yeah. he's, he's still having to recover and everything, but the, you know, uh, this is another, and we, you know, we talked about the AEW original here of hangman, who is the, the world champion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Britt Baker is the women's champion. That's an AEW original. Yep. The Jungle Express are your tag team champions. Those are eight, both AEW originals. Yeah, I mean, you could argue Luchasaurus has some name recognition coming from uh, um, Lucha Underground, but not yeah, a, a whole lot. Bit, but not much. Yeah, and Jungle Boy is 100% pure AEW-grown talent. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got jungle boy and, and jungle boy needs this on his, on his list of achievements. Jungle boy is a future world champion in AEW. I have no doubt about that. And this is the stepping stone to start moving him towards that eventual goal. Exactly. Exactly. You gotta start somewhere. It's a great place to start. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing that I have is, good Lord, at what happened at day one with <laughs> WWE. So we were supposed to have the fatal four-way of Big E versus KO versus Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. Yeah. Cool? Cool. We were supposed to have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Cool? Cool. Roman ends up with COVID like the day before. Mm-hmm. Roman can't compete. Can't compete. So the day of day one, they add Brock Lesnar to the four-man match to make it a fatal five-way. And your new WWE champion with a clean pin on Big E Brock Lesnar. Now, I want to point out to you guys, in case you missed that, in a match that had Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Yep. Brock Lesnar pinned cleanly the current champion, Big E. Any one of those other guys could have taken that pin and it would not have hurt anybody. Absolutely. Brock Lesnar pinning clean Big E hurts Big E. Yes. And now we have Brock has gone to SmackDown and confronted Roman. Roman's come to Raw and confronted Brock. But what we have now is it's going to be uh, Brock versus Lashley Mm -hmm. at Rumble. And Seth has gone to SmackDown. Yep. 
So it's going to be Seth versus Roman for that title on SmackDown. Now, what I hope happens at Rumble, honestly, mm-hmm. is I hope that Seth beats Roman mm-hmm. and Lashley beats Brock, and you do it with interference from the other people. So yeah. Brock interferes in Roman's match and Roman interferes in Brock's match, causing each of them to lose their championships. Yes. And you build towards Brock and Roman at Mania without the title. See, that would without the titles, that would be perfect. Uh, I, I would I would one hundred percent be behind that because the Brock Roman storyline is above title. Yeah. It does not need the title. It doesn't yes. need it. So, so you could you could have that as your your main event or your your uh, co-main event with Seth versus somebody mm-hmm. and Lashley versus somebody. Yeah, you, there you go. You have it, and you know you have whoever you want to elevate through the Rumble. Well, which like you could do this. Per, you could do this perfectly. Kevin Owens just resigned with WWE, yeah. so. He's got to have been given some reason to resign, to not go join AEW with the rest of his his indie friends, right? Yeah. Seth beats uh, Brock because Roman interferes, or Seth beats Roman because Brock interferes. The rumble happens. KO wins. Mm -hmm. Lashley beats Brock because Roman gets involved. Right then, you have Kevin Owens show up on Raw, and he talks about how he could challenge Bobby Lashley. Um, you know what? Bobby Lashley's kind of a big dude, and uh, you know he he's he's beat my ass a few times. Um, and I just really don't feel like that again. <laughs> you know, and then he walks away, and then yeah. he shows up on SmackDown and challenges Seth. There you go. And Seth is like, "I thought we were friends. You know what's going on here?" And Kevin Owens is like. Yeah, you know, I was kind of using you to, to kind of get where I needed to go. And, you know, this is kind of where I want to be. So, stunner, you know. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and now we have Kevin Owens back to being that heel that we all love. Seth can kind of slowly start shifting away from being a heel. because His heel his heel character has gotten stale. Um. So he can shift back more into that Seth Rollins burn it down face versus Kevin Owens. Yeah. You know, and and I've been thinking about it. I I originally wasn't happy that Kevin Owens had re-signed with WWE because I think he can do better. Oh, for sure. But the thing is, is yeah, he signed a, what, probably a three or five year contract with WWE. That's, that's tends to be the the norm. Mm -hmm. There's no downside for Kevin Owens to resign. None at all. Because he is going to get paid whatever he, you know, and I guarantee you he's making a million dollars plus. Uh, Three million was what the contract was. He okay. is the, he is in the second bracket of people right now. Um, The, the, the numbers that came out was like Brock and Roman are in that top bracket. Yeah. Uh, then the second bracket has like Randy, Becky, KOs in that bracket. Probably Seth. And a couple other people. Seth. There were there were several people in that second rung bracket. Yeah. Uh that are making three million. But you know, here's the thing. He's he's making that money. 
if WWE decides, hey, we're going to cut you, well, then he sits at home for 90 days and debuts on day 91 for AEW yep. or Impact. Like, exactly. there, there is no downside for him. And, yeah, take that money. Take that money. Um, <laughs> yep. Because I don't think that AEW was going to give him that much. He deserves oh, no. it. I, I, I don't. I don't think they could. Yeah, I just way. I just don't think that they have it right now. Yep. But was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Not really. I I really got nothing else. Okay, so there's there's uh, two things that I want to mention before we go. Uh, one of them just okay. really quick that I just saw come across. Mustafa Ali has requested his release from WWE. And he mm -hmm. posted saying that I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working with WWE. Therefore I'm requesting my release from WWE. So I think that's fair. Yeah. It, it sounds like he's wanting to be very active. I know he already is very active in uh, trying to gain equality for the, um, Islamic uh, Muslim Americans and, and recognition for them. And I think that that's, and I'm, I'm speculating here. So, you know, he doesn't say anything other than what I just read to you, but I think that he wants to become a voice. He wants to become an activist and WWE is not going to allow him to do that. Oh, they absolutely are not going to allow him to do that, especially with considering their, their relationship with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, cause Mustafa Ali has made it very clear that he is very, very against Saudi Arabia. Well, I mean, anybody with um, a conscience is against Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So they are they are 100% not going to allow their independent contractors, you know, who should have a right to say what they want, but, you know, they'll get fired if they do for whatever reason. Yep. Um, you know, say anything like that, which that is one other thing that I do want to just quickly touch on. This is something Tony Khan said that I really like. And it goes back with the swole stuff. Um, during all that, he made a comment about contracts and the wrestlers at AEW. And his statement was to the effect of, you know, whether they're good wrestlers, bad wrestlers, whatever. Uh, if I've signed them to a contract, I'm not canceling their contract yeah. unless I absolutely have to. And he's um, only canceled, I think, I can only think of two names off of the top of my head that he's actually canceled the contract with. And that, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc and B. Priestley. And B. Priestley, yep. Those are the only two. And he didn't even, he didn't come right out and cancel Jimmy's contract. He gave Havoc an opportunity to go get some, some counseling and, and to some, do the right thing and get some counseling and he wouldn't. Yeah. And, and so he did what he had to do. I can give Tony Khan a lot of grief on several things, but he seems to actually care and want to do the right thing by his people that he has signed to a contract. Yep. So, um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that I think is very interesting, and this is something relatively new for, for WWE They've had some dealings with this company in the past, but never anything quite like this. 
WWE has announced that in the women's Royal Rumble match, competing in that match will be the Impact Women's Champion, Mickey James. Oh, uh, she's not the champion now. Oh, did she not? I thought she still was. Uh-uh. Oh. Uh, she lost the belt at Hard to Kill. Okay. Uh, which um, was like last weekend. She she but, was still she was yeah, still champion the, when they the announced it. At the time it was announced. Yeah. At the time it was announced, absolutely. So I think that that's really kind of cool. Um that that WWE is realizing that hey, we can actually bring these people in and they're going to uh you know, they're they're going to be the the winner. No, actually, yeah, she won. Mickey James won. She's still the champion. Did she? Yeah. I thought I had seen where she had lost. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm double checking real quick, but I could have sworn yeah. she won. Because uh, I've seen something where uh, Deanna Peraza would beat her, but no, Mickey James is still the champion. Yeah. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo won ROH Women's Champion. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah, okay, there it is. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. There we little, go. little, little split there, but um, yeah, Mickey she James. She won the ROH title on Impact TV, so yeah, yeah. there we yeah. go. But Mickey James, as the Impact Women's Champion, is going to be competing in the WWE Women's Royal Rumble match. That is huge for WWE, and I think that, look, we'll give WWE all the grief that they deserve. I, I think we've done that plenty through this episode. They deserve some props for this, because this is going to open some people's eyes, especially if, as they did when they announced it, they did talk about her being the Impact Women's Champion. Right. That's going to bring and, and send some eyes to Impact. Yep. And you know what? Good on you, WWE. Yeah, you don't, like, you haven't done a lot right, but that's that's a good move. I like that. If back, we are at a unique position right now in wrestling, where we could have a resurgence of the old front, the old uh, territory days, kinda. In the sense that, you know, you had this person was the champion in Mid-South Wrestling, but he showed up from time to time in, you know, Smoky Mountain uh, as a special attraction. The You know, that champion's going to fight our champion. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, you know, our champion's going to go down there and fight their champion. And each of them gets a win at the, uh, the other one's home, you know, that kind of thing just to kind of draw eyes to wrestling as a whole. You know, we're in a unique spot that if, if they wanted to play ball, all of them, WWE, AEW, Impact, ROH, New Japan, you know, all these people are independent contractors. Yeah. We keep saying that even though they're not treated that way. You know, we could have a, a situation because I remember when I was a kid, you know, and, and we didn't know all this backstage stuff. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching WCW Nitro when Diesel and Razor Ramon walk out. Yeah. I think it was on Nitro. And it's like, 
what the heck are they doing here? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you had, you know, you had Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. He came out first and mm-hmm. hinted that, hey, you know, somebody else is coming. And then right up from behind Eric Bischoff in the commentary booth, Kevin Nash walks mm-hmm. in. There's Diesel on WCW yep. programming. And it lit exactly. the wrestling world on fire. And it led to the greatest wrestling boom in yeah. the modern era. And we're poised for something like that again. We are poised if, for a new golden age in professional wrestling. And if they would just understand that, that there's enough wrestling around and enough wrestling fans around, I don't have to just be an AEW fan. I don't no. have to just be a WWE fan. You know, None of them are on against each other. Yeah. You know, I can watch whatever I want. This isn't the 90s or late 90s this, where I had to choose between Nitro and Raw. No. I can watch everything in a week if I wanted to. With with DVR with, with with DVRs and streaming. Yeah, we can yeah. we can do it. And in fact, we've been doing that for months now. We've been doing like, it for 3 years. Well, two and a half years. Would, it would tickle the hell out of me to be watching Raw and hearing Roman, you know, you know, in six months or something, and Roman's talking about how he's beaten every single person who stepped up, and WWE simply has nobody on his level. Nobody could even compare to him. He is the best wrestling machine in the world. And then all of a sudden you hear Kenny Omega's music hit, yeah. And Omega walks out and is like, well, you've been playing around in a very small pond, sir. You know, and then starts listing off of all of his achievements from New Japan, from AEW, from the world. And, you know, he looks at Roman and goes, you've beaten a very small amount of people in a very small place. I have beaten a large amount of people all over the world. I, I have. You know, beaten... Could you imagine? Or, you know, think of it if Okada were to walk out. You know, right. could you imagine that? Yeah. The general WWE audience may not react right away. WWE would have to show something there. They'd have to do a, a, a real showing, Hey, this is Kashutsuka Okadi, or this is, you know, Kenny Omega or whoever, but it right. would be huge. Mm-hmm. So exactly, exactly. We are poised to something like that could happen. It won't. Well, It'll never happen. Something like this that. Something like that will happen but, in AEW because it's already happening in yeah. AEW, where you have mm-hmm. those big names from other promotions show up in AEW. Uh, I I don't remember the gentleman's name, but um, I think he was an ROH star that showed up. For a Jay little Lethal? while, no, not Jay Lethal. Um, a big, big guy, big kind of round white guy. I cannot think of his name. Oh, um, 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 I completely blanked on his name, but he was a huge name that he was kind of brought in as like an assassin. Yeah, for for I a match. Just had the name in my um, head and it went away. But you know it, that kind of stuff is happening in AEW, and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff is going to lead to impact 
rising up, which they have steadily have a lot of people argue that impact has the best product out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's drawn more eyes to new Japan because of AEW's ties to new Japan through Kenny through, you know, just everybody who's there. Yep. Exactly. WWE exactly. is on a ledge and I don't think that they fully realize how how close to going off of that edge they are and losing the top spot. Um but I think the problem is that like this WWE right now kind of feels like Lord of the Rings where uh the the king of what was it, Thordon, the king of uh, Rohan. Yeah, Theoden. Uh, Theoden. Theoden. Yeah, Theoden. The King of Rohan there, where uh Wormtongue was talking in his ear and making him see all these things and making him believe that everybody was turning against him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like WWE is like that with Vince and uh Nick Khan. Yeah. You know, that Nick Khan I I it almost feels like Nick Khan is trying to tank WWE so that he can buy it for a steal and, just and so that he can own it. Yeah. And like to continue down that analogy, <laughs> does that make Triple H the uh Carl Urban character, which I cannot remember his name, <laughs> uh that gets banished? <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> this week on the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast, <laughs> Jason and Michael let their nerds inner nerds out. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you know what? With all that said, I th- I think that this is a good time for us to just wrap it up for the week, right? Um, next week we should be back in the studio together. Uh, yeah, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled uh, shenanigans. Yeah, we'll have a new uh, a new whiskey. Maybe we'll try the Telemordu, uh, or maybe we'll pick up something special to uh, celebrate the first in-studio show for Whiskey and Wrestling in 2022. But unless you have anything else to say, my friend, cheers. Yeah, cheers, man. Cheers. Okay, guys, so we just finished recording the episode, and I got into such a overexcited to just finish the show and start editing it, and we realized we didn't do our plugs for the week. So, Jason, who do we need to plug? Who do we need to talk about? Well, I think we need to talk about Garb Gaming. Here in Gaucher, where uh, they allow us to use their studio to record. And I'm up there today, uh, and of course, that's where we normally record anyway. Uh, so, if you guys need a board game or a miniatures game or D&D books or magic cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, My Hero Academia cards, dice or more dice or even more dice come to mcnarb gaming and pick it up uh you know they either have it in stock they got a huge selection or if they don't they can special order it for you you can come up here and play games in the store or take them home with you if you do decide to take them home with you uh michael you want to plug our other person well if you're going to go home, why not stop over at Big Dog Liquor in Gaucher and pick you up something to drink? It's where we get all of our uh, liquor supplies for the different whiskeys and other uh, 
drinks that we enjoy on the show, check them out over at Big Dog there in Gaucher. He has uh, military discounts. I think he has senior citizen discounts. And you know that your stocks are dry after the new year, after Christmas. So go restock on all your liquor supplies at Big Dog. Tell them we sent you. Yep. And then, of course, we have to give our shout outs to uh, our, our friends in the, the Friendo podcasting world. Uh, the first being Silence Your Cell Phones, Jarrett and Kevin, talking about new movies, old movies, TV shows. Are they worth binging? We do that weekly. Uh, give them a listen on any of your normal podcasting applications or and you can also listen to <laughs> listen to our uh, friends over at Rogues Cast Radio. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about all things nerdy and great. And, you know, just give them a listen. I'm sure you will enjoy their show. They have their top three. So you can sit and listen to their top three and then tell them why they're wrong for the their top three choices. Just make sure right before you get to that top three, you turn your radio down. <laughs> <laughs> gets, gets a little bit loud. Uh, and then, of course, they also, our friend over at Rogue'scast, Jody, he has his own podcast, uh, Fearology, if you want to check that out, where he talks about the history of horror and film. So check check out all three of those great shows. I'm sure you will enjoy them. And yeah. Now we can say cheers yeah. and see you next week. Now, now we can say <laughs> cheers and we'll see you next week. So cheers. Cheers.